Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale. This is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or rewatching once a week. If this is the first episode you're listening of mine, please feel free to check out the wide range of episodes I have. I have covered a few TV shows doing deep dives. I mostly just ramble about TV shows due to the SAG-AFTRA WGA strike. I have been pivoting to, I have pivoted to just reality TV for the foreseeable future. So no scripted TV, although I know not every single television show or movie is technically struck. So I might like I saw that Heartstopper is not technically a struck production. So maybe I can deep dive into season one of Heartstopper and then do season two as well. I I like I haven't watched season two yet. I think that could be fun. I actually read Alice Osman's like debut book um, and loved it. I don't even know how I found it, but I loved her book and I, it makes me happy that she has such a big, um, project that became a TV show. So maybe I can deep dive into that to change up the pace a little bit and not just be super focused on reality TV while still being respectful of the strike. So maybe I'll do that. I'm not sure if there's maybe some movies. I know A24 is an in independent production company maybe I can review some of their movies I don't know like I I think maybe especially because The Bachelorette is coming to an end and I don't know when Paradise is happening because they haven't announced it and I don't keep up with spoilers so I don't even know if they filmed it I think they have already filmed it so it should be coming out somewhat soon plus we have Gary's season of The Golden Bachelor like there's a good amount of Bachelor coming up but I feel like there will be a whole in the amount of like the kind of shows that I can talk about or just the shows I can talk about so I might start to find scripted television that or movies I I don't do movies very often but I think I will just try to find work that isn't struck that I can maybe talk about and dive deep into I think doing a hard stopper deep dive for season one and then a season two one I think that could be really fun because it's a pretty fun like light-hearted happy show um plus it's based off of like a graphic novel series and I like the writer of that so I think there's plenty there storyline wise and character development wise and all of that um that I think could be really interesting to talk about so maybe I'll do that next I only found out recently because I haven't looked into like if there's any work that is instruct that I could cover I decided just to pivot to reality tv and not look into that kind of stuff but I might in the near future and I think Hardstopper would be a good place to start and if I'm incorrect please correct me but I'm like pretty sure that Hardstopper is not under the AMPTP. Possibly because it might be a British production, so that may not be impacted. I don't really know how these kind of things travel to like international productions, but I don't think it's affected. Like not every single production is affected. Soap operas are still operating, although they have hired, I don't know what soap opera it was because I don't keep up with soap operas, but even though soap actors are allowed to 
act in soap operas. Like soap operas are not a aren't are under a separate contract. The writers aren't, so they like brought in temp writers, which was like so. I I don't know. It's kind of complicated. Anyways, that was a really long winded introduction. If this is the first episode you're listening to of mine, follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review. All my social media is linked below if you have any comments, critiques, feedbacks, concerns, all of the above. And this episode is going to be all over the place. I have notes, but I'm also just going to rant about what's going on in my old noggin. I went to the Eras tour on Tuesday, the second to last show of the first U.S. leg tour. For first U.S. leg of the tour, not tour leg. Or leg tour. Anyways, I'm not making any sense, but that was fun. I'm like still kind of tired from it. And because of that, I didn't have the energy to like take notes while I was watching TV. So I just like, or like watch shows and then rewatch them. I was like behind on all my shows because I didn't watch anything on Monday because I had to pick my sister up from the airport. And then Tuesday was the concert. So I didn't watch anything then. And so I watched everything Wednesday and I just didn't have the energy or like the desire to go back and rewatch and take notes. And I didn't want to take notes while I was watching for the first time. So I just, I'm just going off of the top of my head. The Eras tour was fun. I have to say, I'm glad I wasn't there for the 1989 Taylor's version announcement. Not because I wouldn't have been excited, but just because it was really fun following everything on Twitter. (laughs) I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm happy I wasn't there only because I wouldn't have known Carly Kloss was there unless like people around me were whispering Carly Kloss is here because my service didn't work at all in SoFi Stadium. Like I wouldn't have found out. It was so funny following it on Twitter, you know? So I also think I would have been so like caught up on like refreshing to see if anybody said anything about Carly Kloss being there that like I wouldn't have been able to enjoy the show. Like I was not on Twitter during the show. It was very just like present my film camera which I brought unfortunately ran out of battery um during the Evermore set which was really depressing I've had that battery for that camera for like a year and it didn't even indicate to me that it was low battery I had no idea it was low battery and then I just turned off and I was devastated because I bought three packs of film um because I I took I was on the floor for the MetLife show that I went to because I was privileged enough to go to two era's shows. Um, I know that's a privilege and I'm very grateful for both of them. And I was on the floor for MetLife because I got extra lucky. And I took film photos and it was my first time photographing a concert on film. So I had no idea they were going to turn out. And they turned out really well. Like it's, it's probably some of my favorite like film photography I've ever done. And while I was in like the 400s for the the SoFi show, I was excited to get like a different view. And I had like 10, maybe 15 photos. So hopefully a couple turned out well. Um, but it was, it was a bummer. I mean, I'm going to use the film regardless, but I wish I had at least gotten through like a full roll of film before it died. I didn't. So that's a little disappointing, but... It was a fun show. It was a fun tour. And it was nice going to like one of the last shows. Obviously I didn't go to the last show, but it was nice to go to like, 
kind of one of the one of the last ones, like towards the end. Um, and I've never been to SoFi Stadium because I'm new to LA. This is the first concert I've been to in LA, so I've never been to SoFi Stadium, and it was very weird and disorienting that it was underground and I was on the like I was in the 400s so I wasn't underground but it's like very weird I feel like I enjoyed the fact that I was not underground but it's a very beautiful stadium though like it looked cool and I enjoyed the concert I would like to attend another concert at SoFi someday but anyways let me just jump straight into after this long ass introduction straight into the shows I'm going to cover. So the first show I'm going to talk about is The Bachelorette. This week was Fantasy Suites, and it was a pretty solid Fantasy Suite episode. There was a good amount of drama, a good amount of romance and love, and luckily, no conversation about sex. That that didn't come up at all. I'm not, like, opposed to people on the show talking about sex. Like, you know, if you want to be sex, like, that's not what makes me uncomfortable. I just feel like any time they talk about if they're going to have sex or if they're not going to have sex, it never goes well. Like, it, it, it doesn't go well. Because from a human perspective, I think trying to talk about, like, having sex and there's three real current relationships you're going on, when for the most part, I feel like most of the people who go into these shows have only ever experienced monogamy. And I'm not like knocking monogamy. I don't think I could be in a non-monogamous relationship, but I think it's probably a very bizarre situation to find yourself find yourself in as the lead to be forming like very real connections with like three people and that being a new experience for you. And then being like, I want to have sex with this person, but there's two other people involved. Like, I, I feel like that could be a very emotionally complicated situation. And it just always feels to me like an intrusion. And it, like, it, ne- it never goes well. Like, last season, Zach was like, this week is known as, like, sex week. And I don't want it to be known as sex week. And he inadvertently made it sex week. Like... Charity never talked about sex and it did become sex week. I don't know if she had sex with any of them. And I don't care to. <laughs> like, I, I don't care to. And I'm glad that it, it wasn't about that. Even Xavier's, like, you know, downfall or whatever, his, like, exit, it never felt, even as, like, flawed as some of the things he said were, and I'll get into it in a second, there was no, like, shaming of her Like, I I appreciated that it felt kind of, like, old school in the sense that it was, like, they're acknowledging that she's in a different relationship, but they're not publicly on camera putting her on the spot and trying to make, like, judgments of her on her character or how much she cares about them if she entertains physical relationships with other men. Like, none of them said any of that, and I appreciated that because I find that... And I understand, again, from a human perspective, I think it would be a very confusing situation to be in, let alone the fact that you're on TV and a lot of things are manufactured and all of your interactions with this person that you are developing real feelings for are like facilitated by these people who like have some level of control of you because they have your phone, they have your passport. You can't just like leave 
the area. You can't just be like, I'm done, I need to go. Like, you need to talk to them and convince them that you want to go and have them give you their things. Like, you can't just leave. And, and I'm not saying they hold people hostage, but, like, there is that human barrier to every interaction you have, whether that's with the person or even leaving. Like, you don't have a self-control. And I just can't imagine judging somebody's moral character on how they react in such a fucked up situation and it is not a normal relationship environment you can't go into the bachelorette and be like just because she's entertaining all these relationships doesn't mean that if we're together that it doesn't mean that when we're together she's going to do the same you know what I mean like it's a different environment you have to go into it being aware and I feel like sometimes people go into fantasy suites I think fantasy suites is when a lot of people start breaking down and they can't grasp the idea and they and it's okay to be uncomfortable and have it be hard because that's a valid thing to feel to me it it doesn't it's not okay when you like shame the lead or you give ultimatums about I mean an ultimatum to me is fine if that's something you've communicated before fantasy suites but if you get to fantasy suites and you're like if you sleep with anybody else I like they're it just, it becomes really tricky for me because it's like, on a human level, I understand why that's annoying, but it's also like the show that you're on and like, I don't know. It's all very confusing. But anyways, I'm generally glad about how the way the episode went. I will say the episode started with like Jesse and Charity having breakdown conversations. And I have felt that there's been a lot of filler this season, which is even stranger to me because it's already a short season which really says to me that they just haven't had a lot of drama to fill the the space with. But I wish that they filled it in a different, more creative way than just Jesse Palmer asking Charity to basically recap stuff that I've already seen. It was less annoying in this episode to me because she was talking about like hometowns and that was last week. But at the end of the hometowns episode, they literally like sat like down and she went through every hometown. It's like, I just watched the episode. I saw that. I don't like, it's not a useful thing. I'm getting no new information from this. It's boring. But this one was a little bit less boring. They're in Fiji, which Fiji was beautiful. And Xavier was the first fantasy suite. And their like day portion of the date was very sweet. Um, I liked it. I never thought that Xavier was winning, but I thought maybe he would make final two. I wasn't totally sure. Um, for me, it's Dodden for sure is the winner. And then I thought maybe Xavier was second place. But anyways, Xavier in his, at the night portion, he and Charity have a conversation and he opens up, opens up about having been unfaithful in a past relationship and this is a big trigger for charity because she dealt with infidelity and she's talked about this before one of her on her first one-on-one date with Xavier she said that he reminded her of her ex and she was a little bit nervous because she had to navigate and deal with not navigate she had to deal with infidelity in that relationship and she doesn't know Xavier is like a loyal person who's going to or if he's going to treat her the same way her ex did. Now, we weren't really told why she was getting that feeling. 
maybe it was just intuition. Like maybe she just genuinely felt like there was something there because I don't really know what traits he was giving off. Maybe it was just the way he carried himself. I don't really know. But she, that's been a concern of hers. And I don't even think just with Xavier, I think based off of this conversation and what she said, what she's said in the past, I think this would have been a deal breaker for her with most people. And the thing is, I have to say, Charity, she got like immediately upset about this and she stepped away and she collected herself, but then she came back and it genuinely seemed like she wanted to hear him out. Like I have to say, I would love to be in a relationship with somebody like Charity because she is so compassionate and effective at communicating that it was very like enjoyable to watch because she genuinely, she came back to the table. And even though I feel like from an emotional standpoint, that could immediately be a get out. Like I'm not dealing with this again. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Like I don't want to risk it. That's too much of a risk. She came back to the table and she didn't immediately write him off. She said, how many times was it? Was it your last relationship? What steps have you done to change and to not be that person anymore which is such a great question I don't think that if you cheat on somebody that inherently makes you somebody who cannot commit to a relationship I don't think that it's that black and white and I appreciated charity coming to the conversation and being like I'm not going to write you off because of that just give me a bit more information and I have to say Xavier really fumbled the ball here like after that that could have been like send him home material already for charity it's like comfort levels surrounding infidelity but the way he reacted was very confusing like it was not evident to me that he genuinely and again this is an edited tv show I don't know how if he said something different but it came across that he knew it was wrong Like, I don't know. He talked about, like, how it still does, like, scare him and about, like, being on vacation with his, like, friends. It just didn't come across to me that he felt confident in himself that he could be faithful. And to me, that is a concern. And I think that was exactly Charity's concern was that he wasn't confidently saying if I am in this with you and if we're together and it's me at the end, then I'm going to do everything in my power to be loyal for you, to protect you from any of that. He didn't say that. He said, I don't really know. I'm like confused. And on some level, that's valid because it's a weird environment. Like I'm not trying to judge Xavier's like moral compass or him as a human being. I'm not trying to reduce him to what we're seeing on the screen. I don't know him. But his answer was not, a good one it was it wasn't a good one it was honest but I think Charity just wanted to see growth from him or like some kind of I think the part that really got me was him talking about like how when he's on vacation with his friends he just has to be more aware of of things like that or he talked about like the difference between like doing it with a girlfriend is bad but with a wife it's like horrible and she's like on any level like I think the way he was talking about cheating was not reassuring Charity that he and maybe Xavier and maybe Xavier's never been cheated on. Maybe he doesn't understand genuinely the kind of and I haven't. I've never been in a relationship, so I've never been cheated on. I don't know 
what that feels like. But I have heard people talk about the long-lasting effects of infidelity, especially if it's a repeated, like, chronic issue in a relationship. It really takes a toll on your self-esteem. It really makes you feel like, why am I not good enough? It's a very, very hurtful thing to do to another person. And I don't think, again, that cheating on somebody inherently makes you a bad person. But it is something... It is a circumstance in which you have wronged somebody, in which you have caused someone pain. Most of the time, we as humans go about our lives and we hurt people on on occasion. And most of the times it's not malicious or coming from a bad place, but you acknowledge that that was painful and you acknowledge that behavior was problematic and you work to better yourself so you don't hurt people in ways you know you've hurt people in the past. Then you might hurt somebody in a way you've never hurt somebody before and it's an accident. Like, But if you know you've done something that is hurtful, you should want, in my opinion, to change and to work to be better. And I think what Charity wasn't getting from him is that he understood how painful infidelity has been to her and why that's such a fear. Or just how... I think they... And again, I think it's fine that people have different perspectives on infidelity or or whatever, because I maybe have a different perspective than some people of like not thinking that if you've done it before, that means like people have different perspectives on infidelity. And I think a lot of it is based on experience. And maybe Xavier doesn't see it as that big of a deal, but I think they are just misaligned in that aspect. And I think he just did not do a good job reassuring her. And so I understand why he went home and I understand why she got upset, but I still honestly think that Charity did a good job of respectfully sending him home and like not like villainizing him or saying he's a bad person, but just being like, I can't do this. Like I, in this year, 2023, I'm not, I'm going to be selfish when I need to be selfish and I can't deal with this. And I think that's an absolutely 100% valid thing to say. That doesn't mean that Xavier can never be in a committed relationship and that when he finds the person he's going to be with forever, that he won't be a great husband and a loyal partner. I'm not saying that at all. I don't believe that about Xavier. I don't know him well enough to believe that, nor do I believe that rigidly about most people in in the world I like to believe and I believe genuinely that most people can change and can grow and can recognize behaviors in themselves that have harmed those around them and want to change I don't think that Xavier is a bad person I think he communicated poorly he gave a bad response and I think him and Charity are not compatible specifically in this worldview because I think Charity needed somebody to be like cheating is horrible and I would never want to cause you that kind of pain like somebody else did and I don't think he communicated it that way I think he was like if you were married like if we were married that'd be a horrible thing to like I, I, I don't think they were seeing eye to eye on like how hurtful that was to change like I, I, I don't know if I'm making sense and I could be completely misunderstanding or misconstruing the situation I don't know I wasn't there maybe I interpreted it wrong but that is what I felt from the situation was charity being like on 
on any level, cheating is not acceptable. And Xavier being like, doing it to a girlfriend is bad, but a wife is like horrible. And I understand his sentiment. And I do think, I've said before, that I do think there are levels to cheating. Do I, I think cheating 99% of the time is a harmful behavior in which you are hurting somebody else. I think if you're in an abusive relationship and you cheat on somebody, to me, that doesn't matter because, but like there's there's an exception to every rule, but I think most of the time, cheating is something that you are doing that harms somebody else. And it's a conscious thing that you're doing, probably on some level knowing that it's hurting them. I don't think you cheat on somebody and live in this world where you think it wouldn't matter that to them. Because if it wouldn't matter to them, then you'd have a conversation and say, I want to see, like, I want to open them. Like, like, if, if, like, I think when you cheat on somebody, you know consciously on some level that you are hurting them. And I think it's never an okay thing to do. But I do think that there are obviously certain aspects. Uh, I've talked about this with Tom and Raquel from Vanderpump Rules, but I think the layers to that of like, he cheated on his long-term partner in their home while she was going through a really bad time with one of her closest friends. All of those layers add nuance to how emotional the situation was and how angry people got about it. I think all of those details matter. And I do think that cheating on somebody you're married to, that's an added layer. But I don't think that that is what Charity needed to hear or was a comforting, reassuring thing to be like, well, if you were my girlfriend, it'd be one thing, but if we're married, it's another. I think Charity wanted to hear, I would never cheat on you. He even said, I wouldn't want to cheat on you. And it's like, one would hope that you wouldn't want to betray somebody in a way that you know specifically is triggering to them. Like, you would hope that. Obviously, I feel like that's implied. That isn't the same as I am going to do my absolute best to make sure that I I'm never cheat on you. And if I'm having feelings in this relationship, like I did in my last one, about not feeling like we're on the same page, because he talked about how he wanted in his other relationship, it was like two years into the relationship, and he wanted her to be a different kind of person. And... Maybe he just felt stuck in the relationship or something. And those feelings are valid, but they're not a reason to cheat. And I feel like a, a better way he could have phrased, framed it was, I would never want to hurt you in that way, and I wouldn't let it get to that place. If I felt a rift in our relationship, I would work on it. Like, anything that indicates that he realizes it's a really harmful, hurtful thing, and that he would do everything to make sure and be aware of the signs and not let it get to that place where he cheats or if it really is when he goes on vacation with his friends and they're all hooking up with people that he falls into that kind of temptation then acknowledge that and maybe like get different friends or or uh, vacation with like I I don't know I'm not saying you should cut your friends out but I think if you're around the kind of people that aren't going to respect your relationship or like hold you accountable if you're doing hurtful things to like he just he didn't communicate it well and I don't think he's a bad person or again that he could never be a committed partner I don't I don't feel that way I think he just there was a misalignment did I think he was the one anyway no and maybe that's a level two maybe on some level he was aware that this is a reality tv show and he has 
a slim chance of winning. Like maybe he knows on some level it's not him and Charity. And and that's why he couldn't confidently say, I would never cheat on you. Because maybe he knows she's not his person. And he would be unfulfilled if they weren't in a relationship. And he would want to be with somebody else because she's not the one for him. Like there are all these layers. I just think he communicated horribly and it was very unfortunate. I'm sure a lot of people are being very mean to him. And I don't think that people should like hate him. Um, but I do on some level hope that he can recognize. And I'm not saying he doesn't. Again, it's a TV show. I don't know what he knows genuinely or what he communicated. But I feel like he did a bad job of being like, cheating is a horrible thing. And I would never want to hurt you that way. I would never want to hurt anybody that way. And I would take the steps and recognize either the temptation or the resentfulness or whatever it led, like whatever led him to being unfaithful in the past for him to be able to recognize that and get ahead of it. You know, that, that I think could have gone a long way. It's a little bit of acknowledgement of like, I don't want to do that again ever to anybody. And I'm going to take these steps and I know myself well enough to know that it happened because I was resenting her or it happened because our sex life wasn't what I wanted it to be or whatever reason it gets to that point that you feel the need to cheat on somebody. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not making any sense and I've been going on and on and on and on. But that is my specialty here at the Emmy Awards. So anyways, like I, I, I just don't think they were on the same wavelength. And again, maybe he just knows that Charity is not the person for him. So we can't say that to her because he knows on some level he would be unfulfilled in a relationship with her because he doesn't think that they're together. I just think he could have handled the conversation and situation a little bit better, especially like from a purely game like point. If you don't think you're going to win, because I don't personally think he would have won. He could have just, I don't know, played his cards a little bit better. Maybe not leave yourself looking not the best on reality TV, but he was honest and, and that's great too. And I hope he's on paradise and I wish him the best. Um, and I wish his mother the best and his family the best. They all seem very sweet. Like I have nothing against Xavier. A lot of people were like, oh, he has all these red flags. And I, I do think that... If I was in a relationship with somebody and they talked that way about cheating and they didn't, I think I, because I haven't experienced it, I feel like maybe I'd be able to like have a bit more of a conversation with them and like push back a little bit. I think Charity's just in a different position because she has two other really great relationships that she knows are maybe more committed to her and don't have that same history. So it's just like, not the same, but I understand why it would be a red flag, but I don't think that it inherently like disqualifies Xavier from being a good partner. Um, I think certain red flags like are kind of a like, I'm not even going near that. And not that this one, I don't know. He cheated like five times within the span of five days. Like that's crazy. Like that's a lot. I don't know. I think that I would personally need a little bit more self-growth of being like, I recognize why it happened and how I would prevent it in the future, I guess. Um, I just think, and I've said this before, people watch reality TV 
and view people as these one-dimensional television characters that they can fit into boxes when every, when all of these people are real life like complex human beings and we don't know them and I don't think it's the best quality of Xavier isn't the best thing about him but I don't know if it means he's like Mr. Red Flag and like I don't know I, I hesitate a lot with like branding people like that from reality tv because I feel like that can really follow you into your life and then hinder you when you're a much more complicated of a person than just like a bad moment and and I have made mistakes where I haven't then taken accountability for them properly and genuinely taken the time to look in the mirror and be like, this was a hurtful thing. I, I, I'm not perfect. And I wouldn't want to be judged off of that. I wouldn't want to be looked at. And I don't know, we'll see what he's like at the, the women tell all. I think that'll be important too. But I, I just, I wouldn't want to be judged off of the worst parts of myself. And I would never want to do that to Xavier because he's presented a lot of really positive sides of him that I don't think that I've enjoyed watching. And I don't want this negative moment to overshadow or like color his entire character of who he is because of this and I am not going to change my view on who he is and as like a whole person based off of this one character flaw and mistake or whatever I don't know that's just my take I don't agree with the way he communicated it I don't think cheating is a good thing to do all of that I'm, I'm not saying that I like excuse Xavier. It's also not my place. I'm not in a relationship with him. I wasn't the one who was wronged. It's not my place to be like, that cheating was not big of a deal or cheating isn't a big deal. It's not my place. And I don't think cheating isn't a big deal. I do think cheating on somebody, especially if it's repeated, is a conscious choice you're doing that is harming somebody. I'm not saying that it's not. I just don't want to write somebody off because of that. I don't, I don't know Xavier. I don't know what was going like. It's a bad thing to do. I don't think it makes him an irredeemable person. And I wish him the best. And I wish... And I hope that one day he'll be his, his best, most loyal, caring partner for the right person. And those are my thoughts on Xavier. The more I watch these shows, the more I try to just take a step back from my initial reactions of being like, what the fuck was that? And like anger and like frustration and being like I don't know these people and while I don't agree with that I'm not gonna judge who they are as a person if that makes sense anyways I've been talking about Xavier for so long Joey's fantasy suite was next and it was really cute it went really well Joey and Charity's relationship feels very surface level to me like it feels like they have a good time together and they're attracted to each other but I don't see that soul like connection in the same way I see it with Dodden. I was genuinely surprised that she said that she loved him. I didn't see that coming. Like, I didn't see it coming. And I don't think she was lying. Like, I don't think she didn't, didn't actually feel like she loved him. But I feel like that kind of environment just breeds this, like, sense of uh, we're in love when you're not. 
And so I, I don't... And I think she probably cares deeply for Joey and she really values their connection. Do I think she's in love with Joey? I don't know. I don't know her. Maybe she is genuinely in love with two people. I'm not saying that that's not possible. I don't know. Maybe she is genuinely in love with him. I just didn't see it coming. And if they end up together, I will be flabbergasted. Like, genuinely on the floor, confused. At the editor specifically, Joey is getting a bachelor edit. He's been getting a bachelor edit from the first episode. They used his dad being gay in a Hulu ad. Like, they, they, they've, they've used clips of Joey in ads. And I know they've done that for some people, but I swear I've seen more of Joey than anybody else. So I just, I think Joey's the next Bachelor. And I would not be against it. Like, I wouldn't. I like him. Is he my favorite Bachelor contestant of all time? Not really. Like, I, I, like, I like Joey. I think I would be happy. I would be happy with this season. I think he'd do a good job with being the Bachelor. I think he'd be indecisive. He's a Gemini. I think he would be all over the place. I mean, he talked in his one on, like, the night portion which this was another example of me being like charity is such a compassionate kind partner that i would love to be in a relationship with somebody like her because joey opened about uh, like they talked about how joey's uncle said that he didn't seem like himself and joey was like sometimes i get like that like it can be hard to be in a relationship with me because sometimes i'm not in the best place emotionally and she was like, that, that's being a, like, that's called being a human. That's totally fine. You can't be 100% all the time. And you don't have to, like, that, I know I just said that their conversation, the, their relationship doesn't feel very deep, but I did appreciate that bonding moment of her kind of being like, sometimes I'm a people pleaser. And she said in her ITMs, I think, or maybe she said it to him, that growing, I think she said it to him, growing up, when she received validation, it was when she was at her best and she thought that she always needed to be at her best to be acceptable. And that really hit like close to home. And I feel like she just does this, like such a good job of validating the person and being kind and compassionate and non-judgmental. And like the way she talked to Joey when he was trying like it was so nice it was so nice and it felt sincere and genuine and like she was understanding what he was saying and not like a surface level of like that's totally fine like we're people like it gen and I think that comes from her being a therapist um I think or maybe not but I'd like I I I'm they probably go hand in hand like I I I she probably had that ability on some level and that drew her to therapy, but I think it probably she got better at it through therapy. But she just seems like a very emotionally in tune, compassionate person, a great communicator. She, I would just love to be in a relationship with Charity. I'm like in love with Charity. Um, anyways, I didn't, even, I didn't take notes on their date specifically, so I don't remember anything except she said... She loved him, and that moment was really sweet. And she was, she's just, I, I love Charity. I literally love Charity. Her and, her and Dodden are just, like, perfect. I thought it was so cute when Dodden was like, I didn't know that the show ended in engagement. Like, I've never seen an episode. And so I was confused at first, and then somebody explained it to me, and I was like, oh, 
but I was totally down for it because it was with you. And it just like, it, it feels sincere. And honestly, I believe him. Like I just, I, I believe in their love so much. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry thinking about them. Like, and again, it's like a television show and I don't know them and like all of these disclaimers because I try not to ship real people when I get invested in these relationships. Sometimes they're not what they seem, but I really like Charity and I really like Dodd and I feel like they're good together and I, I genuinely have faith in their love. And sometimes a good thing is just a good thing. And I hope that they are a great thing. And I wish them lots of blessings because I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure that Dodd wins at this point. Like, he doesn't have much of a contest. I'm sorry. I think... <laughs> I think the producers, probably not, but I, I, in my mind, they encouraged her to say she loved Joey because they needed a little bit of drama towards the end because they were like, it's so obvious that it's done and we need to add some spice in here. Um, but I don't know, maybe, like, maybe I'm wrong. And then more of the producers trying to add spices. And the meal is perfectly yummy how it is. You don't need to keep adding spices. But they tried to bring Aaron in didn't they didn't try they brought Aaron back which like he flew all the way to Fiji like okay boo um I mean he has to go to Fiji so good for him but I honestly I can't imagine like that screen time like from a play perspective more screen time is always better and that's what it feels like to me like it feels like Aaron was like I need to get as much screen time as possible because how can you genuinely be in this relationship with somebody and like they're they say that they're falling in love with you but they send you home and they have three other people that they're probably falling in love with faster or already in love with one of them and you get sent home and then they're halfway across the world and you go there to meet them to what convince them that you are like you're not gonna win at this point Aaron pack it up like you're just there for the television and that's fine I respect the hustle but it's a little annoying to me. If it was anybody else, but I just, Aaron, Aaron gets on my nerves because he comes across so, so scripted, so disingenuous. He doesn't seem like real. It's annoying to me. So we'll, we'll see. He's back, but I think it's going to be like a, like a nothing burger, which that was my prediction that Aaron was going to come back at the end of Fantasy Suites and then it would probably result in nothing. I wonder if they'll have him meet her family. Like, will it be three of them meeting her family? Because that would be kind of hilarious. They bring him back and then he meets the family, but Xavier didn't. I mean, it'd be kind of funny. But anyways, those are my thoughts on The Bachelorette. I went way longer than I thought I would. Um, claim to fame. I have quick thoughts about claim to fame, actually. I don't have a ton to say. I'm slowly figuring out who people are related to based off of the clues. I figure it out um, that JR is related to Little Nas X based off of the clue they gave, like the from the wine cellar or whatever. Then this episode, Gabriel said that, and I think it was because Chris got Gabriel's clue and it had like 10 babies on it. And he's like, if anybody keeps up with pop culture... And they know that there's a certain someone who's been having a lot of babies. That's my celebrity relative. And I instantly knew who he was talking about. Because that's the only thing I know about this person. Like, he's related to Nick Cannon. I don't know anything else about Nick Cannon except that he has a lot of babies. That's all I know about him. All the other clues were meaningless to me. Like, literally, 
there was something about a burger because of I don't know anything about Nick Cannon, but I do know that he has ten babies. So they were smart to put that in the clue because I would instantly figure it out based off of that. But anyways, the competition gave them like a lot of information about people, which made the result of this episode so unbelievably confusing because they saw all of that. They saw all the clues. They saw something about Utah and like magic coats. And they really came to the conclusion that Chris is related to Elton John. Chris is like, literally, he's like a cockroach at this point, And I'm just bored of, like, I don't want him to win at this point because it's pissing me off. Like, it's pissing me off. They keep guessing. And this time, honestly, I will give Jane some credit because hers made a little bit more sense. Made a little bit more sense. Elton John was about the most random guest that they could have ever fucking thought of. Elton John? It said he was from Utah. Who the fuck thinks Elton John is from Utah? Like, it really... It was so stupid. And at this point, I want Chris gone because it's just getting annoying. Like, they are not even close to who he's related to. Like, they're not. Hopefully, they they get a little bit closer because I would like him voted out. Or they choose him to be the guesser and he guesses somebody wrong. But I don't know because he has everybody's clue. And I feel like he has good instinct about certain people. But there are some things I don't think he knows. He has no idea who Monet is related to because... Gabriel gave him the clue, but he's never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, and part of the clue was Curb Your Enthusiasm, so he has no idea who Monet is related to. So they should put him up there, convince him to guess Monet, and send him home. I'm done. I'm done with Chris. Um, especially because Hugo went home, and I was so devastated. I mean, he kind of did that to himself because Elton John is like a horrible guest, and Chris had made a deal with him where he was like, you should guess Carson is like Dale Earnhardt Jr., and then I'll, I'll show you Gabriel's clue. And that would have been such a great path for him because I'm 90% sure that Carson is related to Dale Earnhardt Jr. And I don't know if that's his name, but something Jr. <laughs> Dale something Jr. I think it's Earnhardt. Sorry if it's not, but I'm pretty sure that's who she's related to. So if they guessed that, if he had guessed that, Carson would have get, got sent home, which is nice because I, I find Carson to be very unentertaining as a player in the game like she's adding nothing hugo was funny <laughs> olivia was funny carson is just there but you know i i i i wish car i wish carson had the, nothing but the best i'm not trying to hate on her she's just one of my least favorites so if they had sent her home and then hugo got to stay around and get gabriel's clue i know i know that my bestie hugo would <laughs> would be able to guess the 10 babies thing. He seems like he's hip. He seems like he's in the know. So that was sad. But I, I will say I teared up during Hugo's exit when he talked about his grandfather. Um, his grandfather is Jimmy Carter and how he talked about wanting to carry on his legacy because his, his Jimmy Carter is in foster, um, not foster care. He's in hospice care because he's sick right now. And like, it just, it made me really emotional to have him be like, I, I believe in everything he believes in. Like, equality forever like it was it was sweet it was sweet I teared up I really did and in other news like in claim to fame news Hugo and Olivia are dating which is crazy because they were my faves on the show and they're dating I ship it so I ship it so much I love it the first claim to fame couple I will say maybe it's because like one of the first reality tv shows I watched was The Bachelor I think I started 
Big Brother pretty soon after I started the Bachelor franchise. But, like, I am a hopeless romantic. I love when people fall in love on these reality shows. Like, I eat it up. I really do. Um, I love a good showmance on Big Brother. I love a good we were friends and then we fell in love after story. I love when people meet each other and then go on to get married and have babies. Or maybe not babies. You don't have to have children. I just, I love love stories from TV shows. I feel like I'm a part of it somehow. I don't know. It makes, it makes me happy. So I wish them the best. And they were my favorites. I don't know who I want to win now. Maybe Monet. I, I don't want Chris to win because I find him annoying. And just like, it would be kind of predictable to me if Chris won. Gabriel, I have like, he's like fine to me. If he won, I think it would be an interesting arc because people had no idea who he was related to. I think the 10 babies thing is really gonna get people to guess. Unless they still really think it's like a football player and that throws them off the scent. They're like, we don't know any football players who are having 10 babies. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I think, I don't know. I don't really want Gabriel to win. And then Carson is like fine. I don't know. I think I'm mostly rooting for Monet right now. JR, I'd be happy if JR won because I love little Nas X. Um, and I think that would be fun if his brother, or I don't know if they're brothers, but like his, his relative won. But I don't know. That's about how I feel about claim to fame. I'm happy for Hugo and Olivia. They're my besties, my faves. I have a parasocial relationship with them. Um, the last show I want to talk about is Big Brother. And boy, has it been a week in the Big Brother house. It's, it's been crazy. The Big Brother house has been insane. I, I Obviously, I couldn't even gra- begin to like cover everything. And I really think that if you've never seen a season of Big Brother, you can watch this season. I mean, I think that's true of any Big Brother season. It's not one of those games where, or shows that, The Bachelor is the same. The Bachelor is like a little bit nicer if you've seen the last season because they have like the contestant from like whatever. But Big Brother, you don't have to have seen any seasons to start the show. So if you like competition shows, if you like Survivor, Suri is on it. She's like big, she was big on Survivor. Like this is a great season of Big Brother so far. And... They always give the, like, they're like, this is what the HOH does. So you don't, like, the head of household, you don't have to have ever seen an episode of Big Brother to start it. And it's a good season. And I simply could not begin to cover everything that happened. So if you, if I, some of what I'm talking about sounds interesting to you, you should check it out. This is not an ad. I just have, I have a lot to say. It was a really crazy week. The first competition, instead of it being, like, for safety or for some kind of power, the four people that were not the four people that lost became the nominees and i said in my last episode when i talked about it that i think they have to reduce it to two i don't know how they're going to do that and then i think on wednesday's episode or maybe it was on it was on sunday's episode they did the head of household competition riley won the head of household competition and she was tasked with removing two people from the block so instead of nominating two people she decided who was staying on the block so she took Jared and Cody. I think his name is Cody. Corey? Cody. Yeah, his name's Corey, not Cody. His name's Corey. He, he and Jared, who Jared is Suri's son, so I was rooting for him immediately because I want, I want Suri to be happy. I love Suri. Um, I've never seen a season of Survivor, so I didn't know her at all, but I watched The Traders. And I loved her on The Traders, so 
I'm I'm living for it. Like I I'm living for it. And so I, I obviously want him to get far because that's an ally to Suri. And I think it would be so cool if they got to final two. I think it would be even cooler if they got to final two and nobody found out they were related. Like Izzy knows because Izzy clocked him. As soon as she saw him with Suri, she said, I know I've seen you before, you're her son. So right now, Suri's trying to keep Izzy on her good side because Izzy might, like Izzy's the only one who knows the secret vocally. Maybe somebody knows it and we don't know, but they haven't said anything if they do. But it was, it was a crazy week. So the two people on the block were Felicia and Kirsten. Kirsten, I don't even pronounce her name. Um, but anyways, and then Kirsten was the target which was, anyways, and then I I was like on Twitter following the feeds because I don't have Paramount Plus, although I'm considering getting it. I'm, I'm considering getting it. I think I will for the feeds. Also Showtime, which I am subscribed to Showtime, is moving to Paramount Plus like permanently. Like they're shutting down like Showtime.com and it's just an add-on um, to Paramount Plus specifically. So... I I need to keep Paramount Plus. I need to keep I need to keep Showtime because there are shows on there that I cannot live without. <laughs> and so I'm yeah. So I I need to I'm going to do that. I and then I can have the live feeds which will be very exciting. But I just follow on Twitter when like stuff is going down and I saw the whole like thing that they showed in tonight's episode where there was like the alliance of the older contestants. And one of them would like told Riley who like clocked Riley's alliance to her and Riley panicked because she was like, how do they know? And it was really funny watching it because it's like, they know because you're always together. Nobody suspected the cookout was together because they were never together. Like some of them were together, but they were not all together in one room for the majority of the season. Like they, they did a good job. That's how alliances should be. You shouldn't be super obvious. If you're only hanging out with some people, they're going to realize that you're aligned. You have to hang out with everybody or be fine with people knowing that you're aligned with the people you're friends with. Be, be, be real. Obviously, they think you're in an alliance. If you guys travel in a group of five, it only makes sense. So anyways, but then somebody said a racial slur, Luke, which I, I felt nothing towards Luke. Like I had no opinion of him. He was like irrelevant to me. I was hoping he'd be an early boot. Like, he just seemed like another goofy, boring, bland guy. And he was, like, talking about an interaction he had with Kirsten. And I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing her name wrong. And he very casually said the N-word. And then he laughed it off. I cannot believe... I mean, I can believe that people like that exist. But it's just, like, still so disturbing to me in 2023 that there are people out there who just like I I cannot fathom I cannot fathom it and they expelled him which they should have and I was hoping and a lot of people were hoping that him being expelled from the game would mainly mean that there would be a twist and Kirsten would be saved because it seemed kind of unfair that she was sent home early like I she wasn't, she's not one of the people I was like super rooting for. So I wasn't devastated by the loss, but I do just find it a little sad and frustrating that they wouldn't change it. Like somebody already went home. It's supposed to be the longest season of Big Brother. Like you could have just, 
I don't know. Isn't the season all about twists? Change the first eviction. I, I don't know. Do something. I, I, I didn't want... I wish that the power of veto had gotten used. I think... I don't know. It was sad. I think she could have been an interesting player. The show must go on. And there's no way they're bringing her back. Like, I would think maybe they, they're bringing her back. But Julie told her that Sari and Jared are related. And if they did that, that would be a really fucked up thing. That's like a secret. That's like if somebody got evicted and they told them Derek's actually an undercover cop. And then they sent them back in the game. And that person was like, Derek's an undercover cop and ruined Big Brother 16 for Derek. Which I don't know if I would have been opposed to that. But... I don't know, because I think people, it was, from my understanding, when people were watching the season live, because I wasn't, that was a few seasons before I started the show, I think it was, it, people thought it was going to be Frankie Grande or Derek, like, people thought it was between them, like, Frankie was doing a really good job, so, anyways, I, you, and I was saying earlier when I was talking about Xavier, that I don't really like to take actions of somebody on a television show in a weird environment and make that like a moral judgment on their character but I do think that there are exceptions I think somebody casually saying the n-word in the way Luke did is a very very telling thing of their character and then to be expelled from the game and be sitting in the comfort of his home and wherever the fuck he lives I don't know. I don't know anything about this man. And be tweeting, not tweeting, but like po- posting on Instagram, like jokes about it and like making fun of it just validates that you don't think it was a wrong thing to you to do. And it wasn't a learning lesson. And that laughing that you did after it was you dismissing it and revealing that you don't think it's a big deal. And that, and, and to me, that is a moral I think Big Brother is just also a very different show in terms of judging them on who they are as people because it is a weird environment, but you as the audience have a lot more a lot more data with which to form ideas about the contestants when the show is happening live because they are being recorded. The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is a highly manufactured, and not that Big Brother isn't edited and obviously like produced, but it's just a different vibe in which when I'm watching The Bachelor, I see the way, and I've seen the way in which villains are like reduced to that, and then it like can ruin their life or they get harassment. And I so I try to give people a little bit of grace when it comes to The Bachelor because I'm like, this is like, like one facet of who you are this is you in this circumstance and big brother is just not the same because you see them a lot more you're filmed 24 7 and this wasn't like an edited produced thing he was in the house around people and he casually said the n-word as if it meant dude that is not okay that's not funny it's not like it's it's he it's horrible it's literally horrible and I'm not black so this is not my place to like to uh, to be like personally offended by it but I am just angry at the fact that people like that exist and like it's just it's just unacceptable in this day and age and I'm glad they expelled him because this wouldn't have happened a few years ago I mean there were racism scandals in big brother 15 um 
that person wasn't expelled, they were eventually evicted and like Julie asked them questions about it. And Cody Nixon from Big Brother 19 won America's like favorite house guest after he said transphobic slurs on the live feeds. I'm sure he said homophobic things too. I don't really know. He's a horrible person. So we're like, I, I wasn't watching feeds back then. So I can't even imagine the wealth of horrible things that man said, but the T-slur within itself should have been, like it should have disqualified him. And I'm glad that when I first saw it happening, because I saw it pretty much in live time of somebody posting like that he, like it was before he got expelled. And when I saw it, I was like, I genuinely feel like post cookout, they can't just not do anything about this. Like they can't, they made a conscious effort to like cast more diverse people they can't do that while also not protecting the people of color in the house from somebody who is so casually like being horrible. Like they're, they can't do like that. I mean, I don't, like they couldn't do that. They wouldn't have got, they would have gotten a lot of, a lot of criticism if they didn't. So I'm glad that they did. And Jared said in his ITM, not why keep calling them ITMs in his diary room. I'm sorry. I'm talking about so many shows. In his diary room, during the diary room, in the diary room, Jared said something about like, we were told the rules very explicitly and he like violated them. So I feel like that's probably something they've implemented is like, we will not tolerate hate speech. And that's good, they shouldn't. And I'm glad he was expelled. And I hope that man, I wish him nothing but the worst. How can you be expelled from a show and not be apologetic at all? It's disgusting to me. It's genuinely disgusting to me that that is happening. I do also want to say I, I talked in my last episode about Matt and how he's the first like deaf contestant on Big Brother and how I was like, I don't really know if they're going to accommodate him. And it doesn't seem like they are doing the best job at accommodating him. And it, it is frustrating to me. It is frustrating. And I do hope they make improvements because that would be like the bare minimum. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, it, it's absurd to me that they haven't figured something out at this point. Like on the live show, Julie was like, you can go now, Matt. And he didn't hear her because he probably couldn't see her. Like, it's probably a blank screen that you're looking into. I don't think you can see the audience. I don't really know. I've never been in the diary room of Big Brother on an eviction night, but he he was just, he clearly didn't hear her. She had to repeat herself multiple times. There's no way that they can accommodate him. Like, what is that about? It's ridiculous. They can't flash something on the screen that said, or that, that has the captions or at least says you're good or something, anything. They can't do anything. I, I, it's, it's making me upset. It's making me upset. And I do hope more of the contestants become more aware of it because from what I've seen on the live feeds, a lot of people aren't taking that into consideration when they talk to him. And while obviously it doesn't, like the burden doesn't fall on the contestants that he's not being accommodated, 
the least they could do is in the social settings, do the best they can to accommodate him because Big Brother, a big part of it is it being a social game and being isolated from the group because of something you can't control, like your disability, shouldn't impede you from playing the game of Big Brother. And I think luckily there's like some of them are still connecting with him emotionally and like socially, but I do just wish more people would. And that is my complaint. And I feel like they did it to like say that they were diverse, but you can't have a disabled contestant and not accommodate them and then use them as proof that you are like improving your disability representation because you're not an accessible place. Like you're not accessible. So it, it's making me angry. I'm still rooting for Sari, still wishing the best for Jared because he's related to Sari. <laughs> Um, I don't know who else I'm, I'm rooting for. I love Felicia. Glad she survived another week. I like that the older contestants created a, an alliance. I, I, I like that. And I do wish, just from a viewer's perspective, that Riley's alliance hadn't, wasn't just seemingly all the hot young single people, because that's all what it seems like. And it doesn't feel like there's like, I don't know. It was, it's like not that interesting to me. So I like that the older people like made an alliance and they're like, we're not going to be excluded from Big Brother because those kind of like young, hot, single contestants, sometimes they dominate the competition and it's like not interesting, especially like a reality TV viewer of wanting to get to know the contestants. A more diverse group of people makes it more interesting. So, and age is part of that. So I'm glad that the older contestants are banding together and I hope that there'll be some co-mingling it won't be totally split by like the young singles and the older contestants I kind of that's part of what I loved about the cookout was it was such a like wide range of people that probably if they were playing a different season of Big Brother and the goal wasn't to get a black winner would have played different games and would have aligned themselves with different people, but they had a common goal and so they aligned together. But it was just such an interesting group because they were all different. So not that these players aren't different, but they just feel like the same kind of player to me. So right now I'm rooting for the Professors Alliance. I find Izzy so entertaining. Um, I don't know who I want to go home next. I don't know who the HOH is yet. I haven't caught up. The live eviction was earlier today. I'm recording this late Thursday night, so I don't know if the live feeds are live again or if anything's been updated, if they somebody won HOH or whatever. But we'll see. A lot will have been different by the next time I, I, I speak to you. This episode ended up being longer than I thought it would because I went on like a million tangents, but... I'll talk more about Big Brother next week. Like I'll come with more detailed notes. I would have more to say, but I've just been talking for a really long time and I don't have the energy to, to keep talking because I'm gonna have to edit this. And it will probably be out later on Friday than normal because it was longer than I anticipated. I don't wanna be up super late, but I might make my new time Actually, no, I don't, I don't want to commit to that, but I'll release on Fridays, maybe sometime between noon and 3 p.m. I was thinking maybe I should just make my new time 3 p.m. so I can give myself the morning to edit it if I, if I need to, 
But I don't want to commit to that because I don't want to then push it back further. I like noon Pacific on Fridays. It's a great time. If not, hopefully it'll be out before three. This will be out sometime on Friday. So if you're listening, thank you. Please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review, all of that good stuff. All my social media is linked down below, like always. And thank you so, so much for listening to the Emmy Awards. It means you so, It means so much. It means so much. Um, and you will hear from me next week. Bye, guys.